hello and welcome to the Persephone program for the autumnal autumnal equinox 2020. We're finally in our last quarter of the year of 2020, uh, midpoint in the wheel of the year, the middle of the astrological year as it begins in Aries. Um, and it's Libra season, which is has always been probably one of my absolute favorite times. Maybe it's because the sun is traveling at the, my 10th house, the top of my own zodiac, and I feel more external. Um, I don't know, but the months of, you know, beginning with sort of mid-Virgo season um, and through up until, I guess you know, the beginning of Capricorn season. I really love this time of year. It's my absolute favorite. Autumn is my favorite season. I love everything about it. I love the encroaching darkness. I love the coolness. Um, I love the pull into the earth and ourselves. I've, and I've always had more energy. And that probably also has to do with my astrology. Uh, When I think about the sun, and of course, Mercury also transiting closely and then conjuncting my Mars, which is at the top of my chart, um, close to my 10th house or my midheaven cusp. Yeah. So this, whenever the sun is traveling and, you know, through the angles of your chart or hitting some of your really important personal planets, you're going to feel, you know, energized, you know, the sun shines a light on this area of your life. And as it moves through the wheel of the year, through the houses of your chart and hitting the angles, you're gonna feel differently at different times of year. And you can actually track that through your astrology. Anywho, I am trying so hard to finish this book. It's, I have been, you know, as we all have, you know, and I've told so many people, you know, don't try and push through, don't try and, you know, make things happen right now. It's a, it's a time of real interesting contemplation. I mean, it's not that things aren't happening or they won't happen. Um, I think that they are. There are lots of people that are having amazing things happen in their life, but it isn't always because of our own will. So that is an interesting aspect of um, of this year and some of the energetic influences. But let's talk about Libra. Uh, I wrote about it recently, and I'm going to read some more from my book so you can get a little bit more, and just because it helps me to read it aloud to you, so that I can um, you know better improve my writing and the speech and the just the general expression. Because as we all know, this is not easy for me, and I am not you know, a particularly, I don't feel particularly confident all the time when I express myself. I know that may sound strange because I have a podcast and I'm writing a book, (laughs) but just remember that like I'm old and it's taken me a long time to, uh, or older um, than probably most of you listening. And it's taken me a while to, you know, feel confident in expressing myself. You know, we all have our issues, don't we? I've got Saturn and Chiron in the third house. Hello. So anyway, I hope that you enjoy this. Um, One thing that I have realized as I've been writing this is like, yeah, you know, my life has been, you know, somewhat traumatic at times. Um, It's also been really kind of cool. 
And I don't even think that I have the time in my book, literally the time and space to describe how cool some of the experiences that I've had are. Um, and this is kind of a little bit about one of them, okay? So this is my chapter Libra. Its keyword is I balance. And I have a cool quote by PJ Harvey herself, a Libra, Jupiter, and Uranus girl. So Libra sun, um, Jupiter, and Uranus also in Libra. I was born in the desert. I've been down for years. Jesus, come closer. I think my time is near. And I've traveled over dry earth and floods, hell and high water, to bring you my love. If you haven't heard that song, To Bring You My Love by PJ Harvey, listen to it. Listen to it after you listen to this. <laughs> Here we go. By the age of 16, I was obsessed with my latest Libra boyfriend. His chart included a sweet Cancer moon and Leo rising. Although we originally had met as part of our heavy metal-focused peer group a few years previous, I'd lost touch with him as I went through the trauma of my 15th year. I bumped into him again randomly at a local record store as he was buying a full-circle vinyl, a local punk group comprised of friends of his who had just put out their own EP. Keith was dressed in ripped pegged jeans, Converse high tops, and a crass t-shirt under a vintage striped Oxford shirt. To my surprise, he'd cut off his long hair and was sporting a short spiked haircut. With his double pierced ears and skull rings on his fingers, he looked like he had just stepped off stage. Punk had very recently entered my musical purview and I was mightily intrigued by its ethos. Keith seemed a reflection of my current desires, a cosmic twin, or as Carl Jung called it, an animus, which is defined as the inner male self of a woman. That same day, we agreed to see each other again, and from there, threw ourselves into a pivotal love affair. The sign of Libra is midpoint in the wheel of the year, the third cardinal sign of the zodiac, the entry to autumn. It's the only astrological sign with an inanimate symbol, the scales of justice. Its tarot card fittingly is also justice, which symbolizes the need for discrimination and balance in life. In the Rider Waite version of the tarot card, we see a woman seated on a throne with the scales in her left hand and the sword of truth in her right. She sits between two pillars like the high priestess, representing the duality always inherent in choice. The constellation of Libra has been associated with the scales as early as 2001 BC. The Babylonians connected the time of year with their goddess, Zib An Anna, who weighed the souls of the dead in order to determine their moral worth. The Egyptian goddess Ma'at took over that role, using a feather as a counterbalance to a human heart. Ma'at's work was seen to save the universe from chaos and destruction by ensuring human souls adhered to natural laws. Lovely Libras, my Libra rising mom would say. Its element is air, concerned with thought, ideas, aesthetics. Libras can also be excellent mediators, counselors, lawyers, and artists. It is, after all, a Venus-ruled sign. Utilizing a delicate and innate ability to use harmony, beauty, and balance of form in any of the arts they employ. I've also heard Libra called a polite Aries. 
Though they are concerned with peace and love and getting along, they hate to see the brutality, ugliness, and unfairness of life and can be quite fierce ideological fighters, debaters, and justice seekers. I have Mars in Libra and a Libra midheaven. This means that the sign that Libra rules is over the very top of my chart, the tip of that cross in the chart wheel. In astrology, this is where you are seen, a public place representing vocation, status, direction. As you may recall from earlier chapters, my midheaven also conjuncts my mother's ascendant. This could possibly account for the affinity I felt with my mother's own love of beauty, art, music, spiritual and occult, astrological counseling practices. It just seemed obvious that we were both born to share in a similar life experience or perhaps for me to take up her work. Mom's Libra Ascendant also reflected her need for harmony and the desire to have our family always get along. She could not stand fights, loud voices, or yelling. With my Libra Midheaven and a loaded seventh house, Libra's natural home and the arena of partnerships and relationships, Libra and experiences of harmony, balance, natural law, counseling, relationships, romantic and artistic aesthetics have always been at the forefront of my life. In fact, I still have my very first love letter, which Keith wrote and sent to me while I was visiting my dad for the holidays in late 1982. He told me he loved me as a revelation. And in hindsight, I think that what he and I really found in each other was the wholehearted attention we missed from our families. We soon became inseparable and massively creative together, making art, music, and poetry. I refused to be parted from him, and in order to do so, we decided to move out together into our first apartment. Keith had graduated from high school already and was working in his family business, Chatham Created Emeralds. And instead of waiting to graduate myself, I took the proficiency exam and left school to start working there myself. Now you can imagine that my mother was suffering over this. Honestly, I don't know how she did it, trying to steward me through my troubled teen years. But she was ever resourceful and practical, and she had her oracles throwing the I Ching and checking my astrological transits for guidance, she coolly confronted me as I informed her that I would seek legal emancipation if she did not let me do what I wanted, which was to leave home as soon as possible. A compromise became my assessment by a mental health professional. It was tentatively agreed that if a professional deemed me to be mature enough to take on the responsibilities of self-care before 18, my mother wouldn't stop me. I still remember the counseling sessions and tests I took, the result of which allowed me to leave the family home. And at 16, I was about to become a full-fledged adult. Or so I thought. Keith and I moved into a rundown flat on Fell and Broderick Street with another couple, and we painted the entire flat ourselves. Like most old San Francisco homes, it was built before 1920, and it featured crown molding, wood paneling, formal dining room, and beautiful built-ins, but it was severely neglected. We chose the 
beautiful and original dining room as our bedroom and proceeded to paint the wall panels in black, purple, and gold leaf. For a while, things in our life seemed ideal. We were both living the artistic life, drawing, writing, making music, and playing with other creatives, working by day and night, and supporting ourselves. Keith then joined a new band called Condemned to Death, or C2D, playing bass and singing background vocals. Though prior to our move-in together, we wrote and recorded some music together, this seemed to end a portion of our relationship as he spent more and more time with his new band. C2D rented a rehearsal spot in the old Ham's Brewery in the Mission District, which had closed in the 1970s. The entire brewery in the 80s was used as a music and artist studio with a vibrant scene and culture. The old storage tanks or vats were perfect small spaces for practice sessions and even crash pads. We called ourselves the Vat Rats, spending lots of time hanging out there with the other Vat bands like MDC, Millions of Dead Cops, and DRA, DRI, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. There was a loosely organized, somewhat anarchist environment where the thrash bands were focused on social and political issues, but we were really all out for fun. It was a genuine subculture with open borders and immense creative energy. Slowly though, over the year, I felt myself relegated to the role of just girlfriend with Keith instead of artist and peer musician myself. Though I made art for his band flyers, I stopped making music with Keith after the success of C2D and we grew apart emotionally. In the years afterwards, my mother called my time with Keith your Scott and Zelda years, Michelle, after F. Scott Fitzgerald, the writer of The Great Gatsby, and his wife Zelda. He was a Libra sun, Venus and Mercury, and Zelda a Leo with a Cancer moon. I'll let you investigate their famous stories on your own, but suffice to say that some of their wild creativity, with lots of partying, success, jealousy, and mental health issues paralleled ours. My mom's labor ascendant tacitly approved of her daughter making music and art and living La Boheme, though. From 1981 and to 1983, the planets Saturn and Pluto were close together in the late degrees of Libra, exactly conjunct in November of 1982. This is when everything pretty much came crashing down. This was played out in my personal experience with intense relational experiences. Lovers and friends came and went. I felt myself die and be reborn into many groups and scenes. The squeeze and grind effect of this super intense combination of energies played back and forth over my midheaven, making these years some of the most intense and traumatic of my life. The themes of the outer planets often come down to earth during important transits over your own personal planets, which are the planets closest to the sun or the four angles in your chart. And let me tell you that Pluto and Saturn moving over my midheaven was such a big one, lasting for many, many years. Do you have planets in Libra? Do you see how you balance things or strive for harmony or an ideal here? Think about your Libra placements. How do you try to balance the inherent duality of Libra, which similarly to Gemini does have an element of constant duality inherent in its 
energetic expression. Because it is Venus ruled, you will always see massive creativity. You will see need for relationship, um, self-expression, um, and creativity. I love my Libra placements. I love my Libra midheaven. I love my Libra friends. Um, I love my Libra sun. <laughs> but there can be some issues dealing with that particular um, almost codependent need for constant reflection. Um, you know, if Aries is I, you know, Libra is we. So when you have a lot of placements in Libra, you're always like seeking to see yourself outside of yourself, you know, in other people and in, you know, potentially also in creative endeavors. Um, so I just wanted to share a little bit of that Libraness with you. I know it was a little bit fast um, and I don't really have that much more because I want to do this quite slowly, sort of teasing out little bits. But during Libra season, think about where the sun uh, is moving and, in, and the sun is in Mercury and Libra. I mean, Mercury is in Libra right now too, but it is soon moving to Scorpio where it will retrograde later in the month. Um, of October, but think about where the sun is shining a light on some of these themes, these Libran things of that which we use to relate to ourselves with, whether whether it's if you're an artist or a creator, whether it's your creations, do you identify them, your relationships, things like that. It's wonderful um, exercise in contemplation during Libra season, as is throwing yourself into the Venusian need for beauty and balance um, and harmony in your life. So maybe you want to like, you know, play some music or do some art or make your home or your life more beautiful. I would invite you to think of that. We need that right now. Um, Mars as again, is again opposing this Libra energy and you'll see that played out later in Libra season. We also have squares from the stellium in Capricorn. So it's not going to be as easy to relate to other people in uh, e like with equilibrium and balance. So just use and flow into the idea of um, learning how to create happiness and joy within and looking at what it is that you truly need. Um, again, a very important Venus question. Um, the divine feminine, you know, is definitely rising and you're going to see that a lot. I think that we'll see more in, in, um, Libra season of Kamala Harris. Um, and we'll see her rise up quite a bit. Um, I would definitely recommend you take a look, um, at her as a fierce ideological fighter, um, and someone really interested in the themes of justice. So um, sending you blessings. Thanks for listening. Love to hear from you. As always, please um, comment if you feel so called to. And let me know, where's your Libra? Have a good day.